Praise all of you who have gathered in so far. So many people are coming back in. Uh, this morning, if you're a visitor, FFM, either in the house or online, we want to welcome you. Let, come on, let's welcome all of our visitors. It's great to see you all. As we're getting settled in and getting ready for service today, what a wonderful opportunity. We appreciate everybody who's, who's making the trek to come in and worship with us in the house. We also appreciate everyone who is, uh, continues to chime in online. And so uh, what a great way just to be able to continue to worship the Lord during a season like this. It's so good. I got a few announcements for you before we go into worship um, and, and a couple of great things uh, that are happening. This morning we have a special guest uh, in the house. Mr. Sam is here from Elam. Let's give Mr. Sam a hand, right? And um, he's one of Breno's uh, uh, buddies and he's in town for the weekend. And uh, uh, Breno was in charge of worship for chapel out at Elam Bible College. Uh, for uh, that time last year, and Sam was his piano player, and so Sam's been in town, took him to the gym on Friday morning with me, we worked out, we were supposed to go to the gym on Saturday morning, I showed up at their house, and they were still sleeping, so I, I, worked, I, I wore out the young guys, Bo, what, what, they didn't show up, Bo, anyway, it's good, oh, they want to talk about church now. They want to talk about church now. Hey, August 22nd. Everybody say August 22nd. Ministry night again here. If you would love to participate, you're more than welcome. Again, we've got plenty of space for social distancing and those type of things. And so another ministry night's happening August 22nd. Hey, women's retreat. All the ladies say women's retreat. Today is the deadline for you to sign up and your $50 deposit, so you need to get that done. If this is the first time you're hearing about it, you need to see Ann or Tanya or... Lynette or Lisa or, or so, somebody. Amen. So you can get in on that and those type of things. Uh, youth group is tonight uh, uh, for Illuminate, the high school youth group. I don't believe the middle schoolers are meeting tonight. They meet every other week. High schoolers every week. Uh, so Illuminate, you're meeting at 530 tonight here. Tim and Lynette say bring your water clothes. So uh, it's going to be a great time here and those type of things. So uh, we're excited about that. Also, uh, did we get a uh, winner for the sermon notes? I don't see that one yet, so we'll get that out in there. It's good, amen? And so we've had a great time uh, this week as we've just pressed into some things. Uh, I just want to uh, celebrate the fact that uh, this year, again, we've had some interns that have done incredibly well and powerful things for us uh, this summer. All of the social media stuff you've seen have been happening. These guys have been working so hard. Uh, we realize that, that so much of church life is missing now that we used to be a part of or could be a part of because of corona. And these guys came in this year and said, hey, Pastor Don, we want to keep our church community alive and well. We believe we can use social media to help us do that. So uh, Breno and Colton and Ethan, their time is coming short uh, here. Uh, internship's going to be over next mid-next month and those type of things. We went away this past Wednesday. As I just told them how much I love them and appreciate them. I want you to tell them, too, what a good job they've been doing. Come on, give them a hand. Amen. So good. So we appreciate those guys so much, and they're doing good and uh, helping with youth group and worship and all those other things. Amen. So it's good. Why don't you stand with me in the house this morning? 
Listen, uh, you know, our, our offering times have been uh, so much different because of Corona and trying to not pass plates and those type of things. If you're given physically, you can give in the uh, stations out back that are set up for that. If you're given online, you can do that at any time. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and continue to give and bless the ministry. And God has been so faithful with your faithfulness. And uh, we just want to continue to remind you of those things. Amen. Who's ready for worship? Right? And I told Sam this morning, because this is Sam's first time in worship with us at Firm, I said, no wimpy worship. We want to give you the freedom to celebrate the goodness of God. How many believe God is good? Some of y'all do. I said, how many believe God is good? We want you to have the freedom to celebrate the goodness of God, regardless of what you're going through or where you're at. Right? The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. And the unique thing about our God is He's not a God who wants to be placed somewhere out there. God wants to dwell with us. The power of God's presence is what He wants to be known for. He wants to be known as a God who lives and dwells with His people. And so this morning in this place, we want you to have the freedom to celebrate the goodness of God in here. Amen. And lift up your voice with joy. Amen. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, listen, everything that has breath. Listen, if you're alive this morning, God said, I expect some praise. Don't be afraid. He didn't say it had to be, you know, the perfect pitch. He just said, lift up your voice. Amen. So let's celebrate. Father, today in this place, we have come to celebrate your goodness. It's our agenda today, Lord, to lift you up. Lord, you said if we would lift you up, that you would draw them in there. So our pray, prayer this morning is just that, God. Let our praise bear our witness. That you are good. That you are true. And that your presence is with us today. And so, Lord, we celebrate. We sing with joy in our hearts the goodness of your presence today. Fill this room for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Bless the Lord at all times. And His praises will continually be in my mind. How many of y'all know y'all serve a good God? Amen.
together here together in the Father's heart, Father's house, freedom comes. Chains begin to break. Joy begins to come. We believe that this morning. And as we sing this song, the Father's house, you can leave your shame at the door. You can leave your guilt at the, sh at, at the door. It's no longer here. You are a son. You are a daughter of the true high king. And he wants you to worship freely tonight. This morning, not tonight. This morning. And at night, whenever you want, there's freedom. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over. My story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Ooh, lay your burdens down. Ooh, here in the father's house, check your shame at the door.
lift up. Let's believe it. Let's believe it for our county this morning. Come on, prodigals are coming home. Prodigals come home. Come on, do you believe it? The helpless find home. Love is on the move when the fathers. Come on, prison doors fling wide. Prison doors fling. Come on, the dead come to life. In the presence of God, come on. Love is on the move when the fathers Miracles take place. Miracles take place. The cynical find faith. Love is breaking through when the father's in the Jericho walls. Jericho walls quaking. Strongholds now are shaking. Love is breaking through when the father's love is, love is, love is breaking through when the father's in the Shame at the door, cause it ain't welcome anymore. You're in one last time, just the drums, come on. church and this next song is a new song we're introducing this morning it's called champion and this song is all about how we're declaring that God is our champion and if you know sports if you if you love sports if you love competition you know there's always winners there's always losers and when we're playing the game you know it's third quarter and we don't know whether we're gonna lose or not you know, and, and you have that drive, you have that confidence in your own team, right? You have that confidence in your teammates, you have the confidence in your coach that we have what it takes to win this game. We have what it takes to be the victor at the end. But in our walk with God, we do face this battle. We face this battle with, with depression, with, with temptation, different things with, with the pandemic, different things that we go through. It's a battle, but the thing is, we already know that we won. So we need to have confidence in our victor. We need to have confidence in our champion, our father. And I really feel like the Lord was pressing to me this week that we need to be a people with confidence. We need to be a people with true confidence that out, out in the world it doesn't make sense. No one, no one knows what's happening, no one knows what's going on, but our father does. And he has already beat that. He has already conquered the disease that we're battling. He's already conquered every issue that we face today so we can sing in confidence in who we are. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Is it that? Okay. Hello, hello. Okay. Good morning. Oh, that's on. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just wanted to give a little praise report. 
Um, it's sort of an apology. Ah, the last time Jim and I were here, we had a birthday party for my grandson. So we were there, and then I taught children's church. And then two days later, I found out I had COVID, and Jim got it as well. And apologized because we didn't really know we had it. And there I was teaching your children. And I just praise God that nobody got it. Oh, I would have been sick had one of them littles got it. And your grandkids, your granddaughters were in my class. So I really praise God. But today's our first Sunday back since June. And boy, you can feel the spirit. And I'm so thankful for this church, for the prayers. And just want to encourage you too that, you know, if you have to go through something like this, God is with you every single step. He never leaves you. He never lets you down. He's an on-time God, and he's good all the time. So I just want to praise the Lord that he got us through this. And I'm teaching children's church today, and we had a birthday party yesterday. So I'm, like, going to rub this right in Satan's face, say, you know what? It ain't repeating because God's got this. So thank you. God, we just do want to say thank you for always being faithful, God. You have always been good to us, God. Pray that we can focus on that this morning, focus on your goodness. We can focus this morning, Father, that we don't fight for victory, we fight from it. Now we can find satisfaction in you, we can find victory through you, Father. Open our eyes to see that this morning, God. Thank you, Father. I've tried so hard to see it Took me so long to believe it That you choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give what we don't deserve it you take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won, I am who you say.
giant that seems impossible to conquer if you're if you're in from front of a wall that seems so impossible to break God wants to bring and bring victory this morning if you're facing something that seems impossible come to the front we have people that can pray for you if you're going through a season that seems impossible to, to go through on the other side come and get prayer there's people here that want to pray with you we're not meant to walk alone with God as he's right there he's right here this morning he wants freedom for you. He wants liberty for you this morning. We don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy. We don't have to listen to the doubts that come into our minds. We can believe that God says who he is. We know who we are in Christ. We can walk in confidence this morning that God isn't finished with us. He is not finished with you. When we do it, when our mouths open, come on, let's sing it again. Open our mouths, miracles happen. Come on, every 
Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I see in the heavenly place undefeated. By the power of your name, I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Yes, Jesus, we believe that you have changed for us this morning, that you're making a change you're bringing life to dead bones this morning. We believe it. We're going to do uh, graves into gardens this morning. We're going to believe that he turns graves into gardens this morning. Amen. Do you guys believe it? Let's sing that this morning. Let's sing that one. Nothing better than you. 
place. Lord, forgive us, God, for propping our lives up with anything else but you, Jesus. Today in this place, God, we have confidence, Lord, that you can turn graves into gardens. Lord, you turn bones into armies and seas into highways. Because only you can do that. And then this place right here today represents God. Graves, bones, and unpassable seas. 
But Jesus, you're the one. You're the one, Lord. All we need is you, Lord. And so, God, we lift up our voice. God, we declare it in this place, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're the one, God. You're the one, God, that turns graves into gardens. You're the one, Lord, that turns bones into armies. You're the one who makes a road in a sea, Lord. Do it, God, in our lives. Do it, God, in our lives. God, do it in our church, Lord. Come on, church, and sing it. You turn beauty from ashes. Listen, you got ashes. He turns them to beauty. You turn shame into glory. You're the only when there isn't a way. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and glory and honor right now in this place, God, for making a way when there don't seem to be a way. We celebrate you, Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. It's so good to see you all in church today. You can be seated if you can. Amen. It's wonderful to have you here. We'll dismiss for Children's Church while you're being seated. And at the same time, Again, if you're a visitor in this place this morning, we want to welcome you. Let's welcome all our visitors. Amen. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming. Thank you for participating. If you have a home church and your church isn't meeting yet, we, uh, we are so honored that you come and work with us. Amen. Uh, because we are meeting. Uh, and that's no judgment against the church and your leaders. We want to pray for all our leaders in our county who are trying to make some decisions, especially the church leaders. Uh, we want to be in support of each other, whatever God has spoken to them. But here's the deal. If you are here visiting with us because we're meeting and your home church is not meeting, Pastor Don has a request for you. You ready? Do not give to our ministry. Give to your home church. Come on. Come on. I want you to give to your home church. Amen. You're welcome to worship with us, but if God has called you to a home church, I want you to support that with everything you have, including your finances. And, and God will bless us all as we navigate through um, COVID. I almost said something else, but amen. And uh, we just want to be honored. I, I know what it's like to, be, uh, to lead a ministry. Um, and, and listen, none of us, no pastor has ever, that's alive today, has ever had to lead his congregation through a global pandemic. And uh, if we need to give anybody anything, it's grace. Amen. And uh, we're determined to do that and uh, be in support of all the great churches in our area. And let's just thank God for so many great ministries in our area. Amen. There's just so many good ministries. Um, there's, not a, there's not a dearth of good ministries in, in, in this area. And so uh, what God is doing is exciting. Amen. And so, welcome to everyone. I want you to turn with me this morning. God, God just won't leave me alone. I want you to turn with me this morning to Joshua. 
And God just stirring in us, man. This will be the, uh, I mean, like we've been, God has been really speaking throughout all of COVID when nobody was, you know, in the building and when everyone starts coming back and those things. I mean, I just, I just feel like God has really just been pouring out some powerful, powerful sermons uh, over the last, I don't know, four or five months. It's just been incredible. Amen. But especially the last four weeks, this being the fifth week, as God has put something together, normally I plan out sermon series. Hello, somebody. Uh, But God has just been speaking to us, and I've been less and less worried about planning out a sermon series, and more and more just saying, God, would you just speak? Amen. Amen. And, and a lot of times the pressure of the pastor is, okay, when are we done with this and, and move on? And I keep asking God that, when are we done with this? And, and God just spoke to me this week, when you get it. So uh, God ain't done. God's got more for us. And you should be excited about that. I said, God's got more for us. And this morning, I, I really feel like God is speaking to us uh, through this whole process. And I, I want to talk a little bit in, in a familiar text is where we've been for a while now, uh, just progressively moving through about the, the, the power of the presence of God. And, and I want to remove this idea of denominationalism out of it, okay? Because in the house, I, I know people ask me all the time, well, what kind of church is Firm Foundation Ministries? I'm like, I, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, you know, there, there, some, day, some Sunday mornings, there'd be Amish folk in here. And, and I, I'm so blessed when the Amish, some of the Amish people show up and come to me after church and just look at me and say, Pastor Don, thank you for letting us come to church. Please don't tell the bishop we were here. <laughs> and I, I say, you're welcome anytime, just park your buggy in the back. I mean, you go from that all the way up to Southern, I'm, I was discipled Southern, Southern Pentecostal. We didn't handle snakes, but hey man, we, we did a lot of other stuff. Anyway, I, we just a mutt in the Lord, amen. We just love Jesus. And, and listen, that's why I tell people, what kind of church is, is Firm Foundation Ministries? Listen, we just riding with Jesus, get in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, when I talk about the power of the presence of God, I, I want us to understand that there's a tangible reality to God dwelling with His people. That there's a tangible reality that God wants to be with us. There, there's something there. Watch this in Joshua. It's a familiar story, but I, I just got to read it to you again because I, I want you to grab a hold of this, right? In, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, God says to him, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, be strong and courageous. You know why you can be strong and courageous? Not because you have the power. Not because you have the ability. Not because you don't have any trouble or struggle. Not because everything's perfect in your life. You know why God looked at us and said, be strong and courageous? Because he said, I'm going to be with you. So he says to us, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Y'all remember that about four, four, five weeks ago. Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all. Everybody say all. 
the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Now watch this. Some of you discipleship guys, you'll get this one, right? He says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you shall have good success. Then you shall make your way prosperous. <laughs> have I not commanded you? Three times God looks at us and says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened nor dismayed. For the Lord your God... Is, God's speaking of himself in the second person here. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Father, would you bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Now, I, this morning, as we progress through this, this message, that, and if you haven't seen, you've got to go back. And you've got to begin to prepare your hearts and lives to hear what God's been speaking to us. But I want to talk to us for a few minutes about the power of his presence. About, about what God has done. I don't want to talk about the power of your problem's presence. So many times I meet with people, we sit in my office, and all we talk about is the power of their problem. I don't want to talk about the power of your problem's presence. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. Jesus said, get ready, amen, you're going to have trouble. As long as you live in this world, you're going to have struggle, you're going to have trouble. I don't want to talk to you about the power of your presence. Because see, the problem that we've been that we're struggling with, a lot of it is because we're trying to deal with everything in the power of our own strength, our own ability, our own intellect, our own resources. I don't want to talk about that this morning. I don't, want, I don't want to talk to you about the power of so-and-so's presence in your life either. Stand up in church. Y'all pray for me. The devil has just been... I don't want to talk about it. So much of our testimony is, is 15 minutes of giving the devil praise and 2 minutes of giving God praise. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of God's presence. You see, here's what I firmly believe in. And, and I, I just want to throw it out there. I want you to chew on it for a little bit. I, I just meditate on it for a moment. Like God wants to be God. Not just because He's God. God wants to be God in the midst of His people. This is what separates our God, the living God, from every other thing that's worshipped on planet Earth. Because everything else that's worshipped is somewhere else, someplace else, or something else. And God said, no, 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 I'm not going to be, I can't be represented by stones. I can't be represented by wood. Amen, I can't be represented by philosophy and ideologies. No, 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 no. I am going to be God because I'm going to be present with you. You're going to be known as a people whose God is with them. You read the Old Testament, every time they struggled, every time they went into a fight and they won a war, the next enemy that heard about them said, man, I just don't know. Their God is with them. 
We, we're in trouble because their God is with them. Even the pagans, even the pagans it would look at it and, and testify that your God is God. Church, God is enough for whatever. He is enough for whatever you're facing this morning. Y'all don't believe my preaching because you think what you're facing this morning is bigger than God is. God, God is enough for whatever you're facing. He's enough, God, to get you through it. I'm going to just bless you this morning. You've been listening to my preaching for the last four weeks, and you think that my preaching has been giving you permission to sin? You better watch it. Anytime you interpret a sermon as God giving you permission to do something in the Bible he calls sin, you're missing the point. I'm going to get there. Because see, here's what we got to understand. Listen. The presence of God is not for the faint of heart. Moses said, show me your glory. God said, no, 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 you can't handle it. The presence of God is not for the faint of heart, church. It's not for wimps. It's not for the superficially religious people. It's not for the, the mundane or the out. It's not for the ritualistic. His presence is powerful. It's transformative. His presence comes in our life never to leave us the same as we were. His presence comes in our life to change us for his glory and for his honor. You cannot remain in the presence of God and not be changed. Too many times we come to a church service and we're never changed. We come to corporate worship and our lives aren't any different when we leave. And yet we'll say, man, church was good. I don't want church to be good. I want church to be full of the presence of God so that we leave different than we came. God ain't interested in good church. God's interested in his presence coming and breaking chains and breaking addictions and setting the captive free and open up in prison doors, healing and saving and delivering. That's what God wants. We're too busy playing patty cake with God. And God says, my presence isn't for, amen, the ritualistic, the mundane, or the superficial. In the Old Testament, God says to Joshua, look here, my presence is going to be with you. That's why you're going to possess what I've given you. In the New Testament, in Ephesians, see, that's a, in the Old Testament, it's a physical possession. In Ephesians, which is a reflection, amen, of Joshua, it, it, that's a spiritual. God said, put on the arm of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's a spiritual possession, And I want you to understand this morning, I, I'm not up here preaching to you without the understanding that both of those things take courage. It, it takes courage to possess what the devil's trying to keep you. It takes, it takes courage and strength to stand up in the face of an enemy who's trying to rob you of what God's trying to give you. It takes courage and strength when you want to quit to keep going. It takes courage and strength when no one else understands that God has given you a word and it doesn't make sense to no one else. But you know he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It takes courage and strength. Man, the last four weeks have been powerful. And today God continues. He ain't done. Somebody say he ain't done. Come on, tell your neighbor he ain't done. I think there's more rocks to pile up.
I, I can't be the only one who's got a testimony. I, I need you to grab a hold of this real quick here. You might want to jot it down. Listen, in the last four weeks, everything has been in the middle of transition and transformation. Except God. God hasn't changed. Everything else is changing. I need you to, Abram, I got, I, it's time for, you got to move. Change is coming. Everything's changing. Come on, you and I live in a world where we wake up every day and it's different than it was the day before. And all our prayer is, God, can it just be over? Can we just get over it? And God's like, I'm not wanting you to get over it. I'm wanting you to get through. God's not the God of getting over. God's the God of getting through. Are you with me, church? See, it's not a testimony to get over something. It's a testimony that you've been through something. It's not a testimony that you didn't suffer. It's a testimony that when you suffered, you stood. And you can look at a lost and dying world. And they say, how did you survive? And and you can look at them and say, my God told me to be strong and courageous. Because as he was, he said he would be. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. That's my testimony. That's why I say you can't interpret my sermons. That's permission to sin. Because see, everything's changing, but God hadn't. They, they, they all been on the verge of something. A new beginning. And, and it's scary and it's difficult. Listen, I get it. Going from a nomadic people being an owner of nothing to being an owner and possessor and dwelling in land. That's a change. Now let me bless you real quick because I think you need to get this. The land was rightfully theirs. They don't remember it. They have come home, but they've never been there. Before they were slaves in Egypt, they dwelt in this land. Four hundred years of slavery, forty years of wandering in the desert. They have come home, but they've never been there. They got no history to look back on, and because they have no history to look back on and the land that they're about to possess, they cannot know that the future that they are facing is good. They have no understanding. They have no relevance. It's like trying to describe the color yellow to a blind person who's never seen a day in their life. They've got no reference. They've come home, but they've never been there. Amen. This is the land that rightfully belongs to them, but they've got no idea of it. Listen, they've got no history to look back on to know that their future is good. And see, some of y'all are the same. It's been long, and it's been so bad for so long. It's been so negative for so long. You can't see the hope of tomorrow. Amen. And you're facing a new future, and you're trying to see your new future from your old perspectives. Pastor Don's preaching to you this morning. 
You cannot see tomorrow with hope from the perspective of yesterday. It's no wonder we're hopeless and depressed and discouraged. The people of God ought to be the most encouraged people on the planet. If everything else falls apart, at least we got heaven to look forward to. You don't think I'm relevant? Watch this. They're facing a new future without their old leader. Moses. They have to figure out who they are without Moses. Some of y'all, been, you've been in a cycle of dysfunction so long that you don't, you don't have a clue who you are without dysfunction. You guys know my wife's testimony. When I met my wife, she's taking medicine for seizures because her, her as a young woman, married, her ex-husband used to beat her so bad. And in, in, in the process of that, I asked her, why, why did you keep going back? And she says, the, 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 there's not an answer that satisfies anybody in that. You have to understand, I didn't know anything else. See, it's not until you experience freedom that you have the ability to understand what freedom looks like. And you can't experience freedom by looking at your future from a perspective of the past. You got to figure out who you are without all this dysfunction. The, the worst things in life happen right before you're almost there. The closer you get to your promise, the more you lose. Forty years they waited to get to this point. I, I explained that last week. I don't have a lot of time for that this week. But I want you to understand every step that they took in that 40 years was by foot. And, and every inch of their journey through a desert for 40 years, there was footprints all around it, all around it, all in that circle, and footprints after footprints. And I often wonder if they ever came back around and found their old... They depended on God the whole way. Manna fell each morning in front of each and every tent within their reach. Everybody say within their reach. Within their reach. It fe- 40 years, it fell in front of their tent within their reach. It, it, it did not fall in their mouth. They had to reach out and take it. It it didn't fall in their mouth. It it didn't just fall in their lap every morning. Even though they knew it would be there, they had to get up out of the tent and and they had to reach out and take it. Amen. Or else they're going to be hungry or or else it's just going to rot away uh, before, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to get it when you got to get it. See, too many of us spend our Christian life sitting around like a little bird with our mouth wide open just hoping God will bring a blessing to it. 
and you wonder why you never get anything to eat. You wonder why you never grow. You wonder why, because you're not willing to reach out and take something, right? right? Let me tell you, God never, he never, he never sends a blessing to your mouth, but he will send it within your reach. Even though he said, if you don't reach out and take it, it's not the preacher's fault. Boy, the preacher preached to do it. I ain't getting nothing out of that. Boy, I, I just wish the worship team would learn to play on key. We could really worship God if they wouldn't hit that sour note. Boy, if the worship team would just play different songs. What song you want? Right? What song you want? We're so busy singing about no tears in heaven. Come on, church. We forget to sing. Once like a bird in prison I dwell. No freedom. Y'all not helping me. But Jesus came and glory to God, he set me free. I got some hymnals in me. Hymns, hymns, hymnals. It's Southernese for that red back book that's got all them songs in it. <laughs> We're facing a new future without our old leader. We're facing our new future. Without the old way of thinking. We're facing our, our new future without our old perspective. And, and, and God's okay with that. God, God is, he's like, I know you need a little time. I know you need a little space. And so God gave him a little space about Moses, about a month, right? And, and then at the end of that month, uh, he says to them, you know what? You know what? Moses has been dead for four weeks. Uh, but I need you to understand something that I think you haven't got the whole time. As I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. And let me tell you something about who I am. I'm the one who's going to be with you that never leaves you nor forsake you. Moses was a man and he could only live so long but I'm God. I'm eternal. I won't leave you nor forsake you. I need you to understand. It's over. All this mourning. All this whining. All this complaining that Moses is dead. I need you to understand something that you forgot. As I was with Moses so I'll be with you. You're facing a new future but you got the same God. See, you don't even need faith until something dies. <laughs> faith is what tells me that when everything is changing, God's still God. Watch this, watch this. They know how to wander. Do they know how to build? <laughs> they know how to survive in the desert, but what I want to know is do they know how to pick fruit in the promise? When everything is changing around you, that God's presence, it has the greatest relevance in that moment. Never does God's presence have the greater relevance than when everything around you is changing. God's presence has its greatest power when your life is destabilizing. When your future is uncertain 
And everything you've been propping your life up on is dead. That is when you'll discover God. When you run out of Moses, you'll run into God. I'm preaching to somebody. Y'all been on this leaning thing. Y'all been on this propping thing. We all do it. We just prop our lives up with all kinds of stuff. We prop our lives up with all kinds of things to try and help us overcome and just deal with or even live with dysfunction. We prop ourselves up. We prop ourselves up. We prop ourselves up. I'm preaching to somebody today, right? And what I just want you to know that when all you've been leaning on is gone, then you will run into God. Because now all you got is God. And that terrifies you. Because you've been trusted in Moses. And everything you've been trusting in is dead. But I got good news for you this morning. As I was. So I will. He's the only thing. And the last five sermons that hadn't changed. Come on, church, right now, we are in this new place in life, somewhere we all never been. We're on the verge. And when I say you're on the verge, you either on the verge of breaking through or you on the verge of, fall, or verge of falling off. And if you interpret in my sermons as permission to sin, you're going to fall off. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is. God says, I got you. I was with, and so I will be. Listen, you don't need this word if you have made up your mind that you are just going to die in the wilderness. I said you don't need this sermon if you've made up your mind that you're going to die in the wilderness. Listen, there's a door everywhere. Maybe you know you can just get up and hit any of them at any time if you don't need this sermon this morning. But if you want to live, the message is for our people who are piling up stones. I got news for you. Because we are the people of God. And we are the people of God that He is transitioning and transforming for His glory and His honor to take possession of something, amen, that is His, that He gave to us. It's always about the people. It's always about the people. It's always where God has wanted to be. Notice what He said to Joshua. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Joshua, I know you're nervous. I know you're nervous, but this ain't about you. This is about the people. Over and over and over again. Not just in this passage, but over and over and over in the scripture. God tells us be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong. Why? Because he knows the things that you're facing are going to take strength and courage. Listen, it takes strength and courage to get over an addiction. I know it. It takes, it takes strength and courage to believe God for healing. I know it. Come on, church. It takes, it takes strength and courage to believe God to deliver you and set you free. I know it, church. Come on. It takes strength and courage to stand and sit on the porch while you wait for your prodigals to come home. I know it. Amen. It takes strength and courage. Amen. To believe God to put your family back together when you thought it was all gone. I know it and understand it, church. It takes strength and courage. And the reason God says be strong, be courageous, because I know there are some things you're facing that want to steal those things for you. But but you don't have to do it in your own strength because I'm with you. 
He commands it because he knows if we don't do it, we won't survive. Here's why, you doubt, here's why you doubt God in your struggle. Because the real problem, the real, the real problem is that we, we are looking, we're looking at the promise of being the land. The promise isn't the land, church. The promise is his presence. We're so busy looking for the land. We're so busy looking for where we won't struggle, when we won't struggle. We're so busy looking for all the things that we think will make life easier for us. And we pursue those things and we never ever understand that the promise, the gift is I will not forsake you. I'm going to mess with you. I'm going to mess with you. God never grieved over Moses. Come here, Tim and Eddie. Come here. Come here, come, come here. I got to preach. Come on. Who's older? <laughs> Eddie's Moses. He looks wise. Tim is Joshua. God is looking at Moses. And he's stating to Joshua, just as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. God never grieved over Moses. Just as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. God, God, it's, it's that, it, God never grieved over Moses. It was just that way. Just as I, I'm a, Moses is dead. You better hold each other right now. God will never grieve over the stuff in your life that you've been trusting in more than Him. God will never grieve at the death of something in your life that you've been trusting in more than Him. Because the promise is bigger than that. God's promise has nothing to do with the lack of struggle. It has everything to do with his presence. Stop coveting property. Start coveting his presence. You can't have property without his presence anyways. What good is it? What good is a marriage that doesn't have struggles if Jesus ain't involved in it? What good is a family? Come on, church. That doesn't have struggles if God is in the midst of that family. Come on, church. What, what good is 
What good is our mental sand without the presence? Come on, church. What good is all the money in the world without the presence of God? What, what good is anything in this life without God's presence? God never promised us we wouldn't have to fight, but the fight will go a whole lot better when you're sure that God is with you. And you're in a fight right now. I know I'm preaching to somebody. And the Lord told me to tell you he's with you. That's the promise. And if you don't get that, when trouble comes your way, you're going to prop your life up on anything and everything other than his presence. Why do we spend our life leaning on things that can be taken away? And the one thing that cannot be taken away is his presence. Martha, Martha, why are you so busy? Why are you so bothered? Mary's chosen the one thing that will not be taken away from her. To be with me. You read it. It's in your Bible. It says the one thing. That's to sit at my feet. To be in my presence. See, the priority is amazing. Uh, Verse 8 here, it says, This book of the law shall not depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. God said, I want your priority to be pleasing me. Delight yourself in my word and seek to obey it. Those are his words. There's a lot of people who lie. Who, who, I don't think I've ever met a person in my life who's looked me in the eye and said, Pastor Don, you know what? I want to be loved for the things I have. I want someone to love me because I got a big house, a nice car, a great job. I've never heard that in my whole life. I have heard, I, I wish people would just love me for who I am. Sometimes it's difficult to love you for who you are because you need to change and you don't want to. If that's a pattern in your life, but the notion is this: the 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 the, the cry is this: we want to be loved. It's the same way with God. God don't want to be loved because of his power or the things he can give us in our life. That's the whole thesis of the book of Job. Satan says, I can't get to Job because you raised up a hedge of angels around him. Basically what Satan was saying, look, Job loves you because you protect him. You won't let me get to him. I tried. He had to try because he knew there were a hedge. Come on, somebody. And it was God's idea. Hey, have you thought about messing with Job? That is just not fair. I'm just telling you what. In all the theology I have in my mind, that is not fair. God's idea. Pick on Job. Let me tell you why God could say that. Because God knew he could trust Job with his character. 
And God says, let me prove to you, Satan, why you cannot be like me. Because my people love me not for what I can give them. They love me because we have a relationship with them. I will remove the hedge from Job. You can do anything you want to him except kill him. And he will demonstrate to you why him and I walk together. See, now that's 58 chapters. <laughs> you got to sit around and watch people for months stare at each other. Some of y'all read the book of Job, you get that. Some of you hadn't read the book of Job, you ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. God doesn't want to be loved because of the things he can give us. The proof of the reason you are involved in anything is how obedient you are to that. And so God asks them on the outside of the promised land, can you be grateful before you get blessed? I'm going to mess with you. God doesn't mind checking our priorities. Why? Because our priorities always reveal our motives. He's been doing that over the last five weeks, I guarantee you. Too many of God's people live so close to the edge of backsliding, it's no surprise that at any given moment they fall off the edge. Too many of God's people live so close to the edge that they can misinterpret a sermon as permission to sin. And if that is you, it's not God's issue. God brings us to the brink. And says, show me how much you want it. Your priorities in your life, church, are the anchors in your life. And when the storms of life come rocking the boat of your life, that's when you'll find how strong your anchor is. And if you don't have a life devoted to the Word of God, not only will your anchor not hold, but your boat is going to sink Your values dictate your priorities, and your priorities declare what you value. Whatever you value, you make time for. I said, whatever you value, you make time for. I had a discussion with a young man whose wife was infuriated with him. Because he would go to work for eight hours a day, and then he would come home and play video. A grown man. And play video games for 12 hours. And she said, he spends no time with me. He spends no time with my children, our children. He's not involved in us. He, she said to me, she said, it's just like we just living as roommates. And she said, on top of that, he, he I mean, I can't even go into all the details. All he wants. She said, what should I do? I said, take your son's baseball bat. Hold that thing out in the yard. Maybe you'll get his attention. I don't know if that was good pastoral advice or not. <laughs> she, did, she didn't do it. She had more grace than my wife would have. My wife would have got done taking... When she got done taking the baseball bat to the video game console, she...
Y'all never seen a little Thai woman when she's mad. (laughs) It's when you start praying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Somebody's about to die painfully. Your values dictate your priorities, and your priorities declare what you value. You make time for what you value. God says, if, my, if you value my presence, my word is to be a daily part of who you are. The process must be prioritized. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom. I got to go. I got nine minutes. There's a purpose. Moses died, but God's purpose did not. Wherever the purpose of God is, that is where God is. If you ever want to be in the presence of God, get in His purpose. I'm just going to mull something over right here. That's all right. We've been talking about it, and I think it all feels amen to us. But so many of our young people are looking forward to mission trips and those type of things. They've got to raise funds for missions. This ain't going away. That's a good thing. Listen, when your high schoolers are saying, we're tired of waiting on you old folk to go to the nations, we're going to go. That's a good thing. They're going to have money. And that's a difficult thing. So, there's been this incredible idea that come to us about FFM should start a scholarship fund so that our young people can qualify for scholarships. See, here's the problem. What would we do? How would they qualify? By spending hours in the ministry. Because, see, the purpose of God is to take care of children. And the prophecy of God was Firm Foundation Ministries would only grow to the extent that we cared for and discipled children. But every time I ask somebody to help me in the children's ministry, I'm not called to that. I'm not sure what you were called to. See, if you get in the purpose of God, which taking care of children is God's purpose, you'll be in the presence of God. When you're in the presence... I am so sick and tired. Of the excuse of that's not my calling. And people spend a lifetime not doing anything for God because nothing's their calling. Boy, I'm preaching it. Either God is calling us all across the Jordan or He's calling none of us. So young people want to start earning Money towards scholarship. We, we've talked about it earlier. We're going to create this huge benefit where we start and we raise money. We've got a big pot. So we got some money we can invest and let it start generating money so that kids as they want to qualify, amen, for a certain amount. We're going to put some details out to there. You know why? Because we're going to keep sending. And if we're going to keep sending, we need to be, find a way. It's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. So I'm not asking you if you're called. I'm saying if you want in on a scholarship fund, you better be invested. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Breno spent three years at Elam. In order to take some money off of his tuition, he had to be an RA. He had to run sound in a church he didn't go to. 
minutes late on unmuting a channel. And after church, he called me and he said, I just got the lecture of my life. I will teach you. He did it, not because he was called to it. But in it, guess what? He experienced the power and presence of God. It happens over and over and over and over and over again. See, if you ever want to be in his presence, you better be in his purpose. He will even protect you in order to protect his purpose. I got Bible for it. Amen. Amen. It's Romans 8, 28. And you know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his. What if the struggle You've been going through has nothing to do with what you've been fighting. And it's actually about the fact that you've been living for yourself and not for God's purpose. That might be why in the struggle we don't feel the presence of God. See, you can struggle and still feel the presence of God. You can go through this thing, some things and understand, as I was, so I will be. Amen. You can understand that God said, amen, he would never leave me nor forsake me. And it don't matter if it looks like it's midnight right now and the sun is never going to rise. I know that my God works at midnight. Y'all not listening to me this morning. Those moments when you experience the power of his presence, that's when the storm happens and you can still dance. That's when when the storm has happened, you can still sing. That's when when the storm happens, you can still pray. That's why when you're in the pit, in the middle of the jail, bound and shackled to the floor, you can lift up a praise to God in the middle of your captivity and your praise will be so powerful because the presence of God will come down that it will shake the foundations of what's holding you captive and open up the prison doors Mm. Mm. stop trying to get God to live in your agenda get in his why because he's got provision for us he says to them when they're about to cross over he says to them I don't have time to read it to you he says to them make for yourselves vittles that's in the King James That's a southern word for food. Make for yourself some food. What you talking about? Isn't there going to be food in the morning when I open up the door of my tent? That's the way it's been for 40 years. God says, I'm done. I'm done preparing for you. If you're going to be a promised land generation... You're going to have to learn to start preparing some things for yourself. Listen, when manna ceases, it's a sign you must prepare. It's not a sign you can't eat. Just because something stops being easy doesn't mean it isn't worth it. Anything that's easy is temporary. I didn't hear no amens. Anything that's easy is temporary. Tyler and Carly, I love you guys. These guys just went on their honeymoon. They've been married a little over four weeks now. Is, is, he, is he doing all right? Is he behaving himself? He's okay right now? They went on the honeymoon. That was easy. Everything was in slow motion.
Even the waves are in slow motion on the beach. The honeymoon's easy. Mm. Sooner or later, you got to put some work in it. For the first time in 40 years, God said, cook for yourself. I don't, I don't even have a pot. Anybody know how this boiling water thing goes? That means they got to get their hands in it. You know when you cook, you get your hand. You know the best things you cook is the, come on. Got to get your hands in it. Got to get your hands deep. You got to deep, deep. Prepare for yourself provisions because I'm getting ready to move you. You got three days to get ready. You got three days to get ready because in three days you're going to cross over. See, Hosea said it in two days I'll revive you. On the third days I'll raise you. Come on. Jesus said you'll destroy this temple in three days I'm going to raise it. Amen. Jesus said destroy. I'm going to raise it up. There's just something about God in three days. He raised up Jesus in three days. Amen. And Jesus is now the living. Make for yourself something. Come on. You got to get. Come on. I want you to cook for yourself. He rate. Come on. Get your hands in it. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Remember what Thomas said? I ain't going to believe unless I can get my hands inside. And when Jesus shows up, he said, hey, 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 Thomas, you ready to get your hands dirt? Got to get your hands in it. Got to get your hands in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say something to you right now because some of y'all are afraid to get your hands dirty. The last five weeks have been messages that are for people who are on the verge of change. And it is because there have been some things in your life that you've been trusting on more than you've been trusting in God. That those, God had to let those things die in order to get your attention. Now finally, God has got you to himself and he says to you, Get involved. Get involved. I'm preaching to somebody today. I don't know who you are, where you at. I know I'm preaching to somebody. I don't know who you are, where you at, but I know, I know. But I'm just preaching to me, and that's all right. I've done that a whole lot in my life. The provision of God has now been placed in the hand of the believer. And that cannot be ignored. You will never cross over this thing until you take some responsibility. See, when it's quiet like that in this church, I'm going to go home and probably not be able to take a, take a nap because I know you got violated, but it'd be all right. There's been a shift happening. The former things have passed away. God is wanting to do a new thing with you. And the power of his presence has to do with our involvement with him and what he is doing in our lives. On one side of the Jordan, God did everything. But on the other side of the Jordan, you got to get your hands in it. What's the crossover you want? You got to get involved. 
Do you know how many, just the way I think, maybe you don't read your Bible like I do. Those people haven't cooked in 40 years. How many of you think, how many of you think there's a bunch of them that went hungry the first night because they burnt it? You won't do that again. This is why God wants you involved. Because on the other side of the thing that God is call, calling you to cross, He wants you to be a different kind of person. You're not going to be a person who wanders in the desert anymore. On the other side, your life's going to be stabilized. Didn't say there wouldn't be wrestlings. Verse 11 says, go in to possess the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Why do I have to possess what God has already given me? What God has given you must be taken out of desire. You got to want it. Come up here, little woman. Murjasita, andre, chica. Almost 29 years ago, I came home to a woman who was packing her bags and leaving me. Because I was a moron. Amen. (laughs) In that moment, I looked at her and said, look, if you're packing your bags, you better pack mine because I'm going with you. I'm going with you. And she said, no, you ain't. Sick of you. And she said, I need you to understand something. I love you. But you and I both know you are not the man God has called you to be. And there ain't nothing I can do about that. In that moment, I made a decision. That's my wife. God gave her to me. That's my daughter. God gave her to me. That's my son. God gave, her to, gave him to me. Come on, church. That's my family. What God has given you must be taken out of desire. You've got to want it. I wanted my wife. I wanted my family. Your financial stability, if you like spending more than you make, you don't want to be blessed. Your children... Listen, we're going to do a marriage sermon series starting in September. I know it's got pushed back because of COVID. But as an eldership team, it seems well with us to follow that marriage sermon series with a family sermon series. Y'all better get ready. 
What are you going to do? Go to the verge and fall off? Quit? What are you going to do? Because it's difficult? Are you going to make some changes? Are you going to make some changes? Are you going to let the power of the presence of God change your life? Are you just interested in the presence of God so you can walk around and be all Pentecostal-like and do the shit about a Honda and what about a Kawasaki, all that kind of stuff? I pray in tongues more than all of y'all. But you can shoot about a Honda all the time when you should have been driving a Yamaha. You all right, Tanya? I ain't even got my glasses on. I can see how red she is. What you going to do? The power of the presence of God is my promise. And it's the power of the presence of God that changes my life. God says to move because He wants to transform me. Because His ultimate desire is to live with me. That's why the Spirit of God dwells inside of me. Not in some temple anymore. He lives in His people. His desire is to be with us. And we got to want that as much as God wants that. If the power of the presence of God is going to be demonstrated in our life, in our church, and in our ministry. Amen. This, is, this cannot just be something to shout about anymore. It can't, it can't just be something to sing about anymore. It, it, it's got to be something. Do you change your diet? You're not eating manna no more. Not eating vittles. Hey, worship team, come on. We got to be done. Yeah. Just repent. There's a good old-fashioned word for you we don't hear in sermons no more. Don't be sorry. Just repent. A big old difference. Don't, don't be... I never looked at my wife and said I was sorry. I looked at my wife and said, forgive me. She had to change too. All the men in her life who had abused her until we got married. Y'all, y'all don't even know. Y'all need to hear it. All that transferred right onto me. And even though I never did those things, she treated me. Come on, somebody. She'll tell you. And I remember one night in the middle of a Holy Ghost moment, we didn't know anything we were doing. It was just, just one of those things. I remember, you know, just her, she's just cuddled up in the corner in a fetal position, just crying. And I, I remember getting down on the floor and looking her in the eye and, and saying, I want to ask for forgiveness for every man who's ever violated you in your life. I want you to forgive me for what they did to you. And I remember her looking through her tears and saying, I forgive you in the freedom. The power of the presence of God fell in that room that night. And our marriage ain't never been the same since. You won't change. Sometimes you need to take ownership of some stuff you didn't even do. That's how bad I want to change. I don't care who did it. You got to take hold of something. I want my, my wife more than I want to live in the excuse that it was somebody else's. How 
How, how, how are you going to do that, Pastor? How, Pastor Don, tell me how I'm going to do that. How, how am I going to do that? You're going to change your diet. You're going to change because manna ain't falling no more. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to boil your own. And some of you got to get a new pot because the old one, it's just rotten. It won't even hold water anymore. And now you're just going to fuss because your fire goes. See, I could preach all day. How are we going to do that? See, the power of his presence is this. As I was, so I will be. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. Stand with me in this house. These messages are for a stone stacking people. And this morning, God's moving on your heart because He wants to see a breakthrough. He wants you to see that He can be the God of tomorrow. And you don't understand how that's happening because you're so sick of what yesterday looked like. And I get it. And so does God. Living there is not the answer. Do you know there were some people who decided to live on the other side? Decided not to cross over. And God let them. And they never experienced the power of the presence of God like the rest of them did. I, I can't, can't read your Bible to you. But I had some good Bible teachers who taught me. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. And I know Moses is dead. But God wants you to know this morning that that thing you've been trusting in, it may be dead, but he is not. And so this altar is open if you want to come. This altar is open. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, would you be God? Thank you for the power of your presence. Thank you for the moving of your hands, God. Thank you for the stirring of your spirit. Lord, we want to be a people full of the power of your presence. God, we say all the time that we are a word and spirit church. The word of God is going to govern how we live our lives and the spirit of God is going to empower us to do just that. And so God, this morning... Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that fills us and moves in us in every way. This morning, I want us to take just a moment, just a moment. If you want to move out to this altar, come on. It's open. These messages are for a stone stacking people, not for people who want to live on the wrong side of the Jordan. I want you to move. If you see those moving out this morning, maybe you feel like it's just your job at this moment to pray for those. Would you press in as we sing this song? Hallelujah. When death claimed his victory. Thank you, Jesus. The king of love had given up his life. 
Better listen to Brenda sing it. For every curse, his blood atoned. One final breath, and it was finished. But not the end we could have known. Come on, church. For the earth began to shake, and the veil. Your hands to heaven this morning. The sacrifice was made. Come on, church. As the Amen. heavens roll. Come on, let's sing on all of heaven. All hail, King Jesus. All hail, the Lord. Yeah. 
Father, thank you for your presence. God, you always meet us where we're at. And you wrap your arms around us and you love us, God. Regardless, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your love is unconditional. And thank you that, Lord God, in our mind, God, we may struggle with what to do. God, I thank you that in that moment, in that struggling, God, all we have to do is continue to embrace you, Lord. And I pray that over us right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that over every miracle that needs to happen right now in the name of Jesus. God, let let the power of your presence break every chain. Let it break every assignment from the pits of hell. God, let the power of your presence, God, be the pursuit of our life, Lord. And Father, thank you that as we are transformed by the power of your presence, God, that the glory of who you are will shine to a lost and dying world. That the testimony of our life will only be that their God lives with them. God, we pray these things. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. And turn around and tell someone he's with you. <laughs>